Good morning, friends. Today is Thursday, the 23rd of January, 2020. Our readings for this morning are Psalm 37, 1 through 18, Genesis 11, 1 through 9, and Hebrews 6, 13 through 20. I will give you as a light to the nations, that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done and by what we have left undone, we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. God has shown forth her glory. Come, let us adore them. Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before their presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to them with psalms. For our God is a great God and a great ruler above all gods. In their hand are the caverns of the earth and the heights of the hills are theirs also. The sea is theirs for they made it and their hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee and kneel before God our maker. For they is our God and we are the people of their pasture and the sheep of their hand. Oh, that today you would hearken to their voice. God has shown forth her glory. Come, let us adore them. Psalm 37, verses 1 through 18. Do not fret because of the wicked. Do not be envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in God and do good, so that you will live in the land and enjoy security. Take delight in God, and they will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to God. Trust in them, and they will act. They will make your vindication shine like the light and the justice of your cause like the noonday. Be still before God and wait patiently for them. Do not fret over those who prosper in their way, over those who carry out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it leads only to evil. For the wicked shall be cut off, but those who wait for God shall inherit the land. Yet a little while, and the wicked will be no more. Though you look diligently for their place, they will not be there. 
but the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant prosperity. The wicked plot against the righteous and gnash their teeth at them, but God laughs at the wicked, for they see that their day is coming. The wicked draw the sword and bend their bows to bring down the poor and needy, to kill those who walk uprightly. Their sword shall enter their own heart, and their bows shall be broken. Better is a little that the righteous person has than the, than the abundance of many wicked. The, for the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but God upholds the righteous. God knows the days of the blameless, and their heritage will abide forever. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Our Hebrew scripture reading is from Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words, and as they migrated from the east, they came upon a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves. Otherwise we shall be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. The Lord came down to see the city and the tower which mortals had built. And God said, Look, they are one people, and they have all one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do. Nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language there, so that they will not understand one another's speech. So God scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore it was called Babel, because there God confused the language of all the earth, and from there God scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle R, A Song of True Motherhood God chose to be our mother in all things, and so made the foundation of their work most humbly and most pure in the virgin's womb. God, the perfect wisdom of all, arrayed himself in this humble place. Christ came in our poor flesh to share our mother's care. Our mothers bear us for pain and for death. Our true mother, Jesus, bears us for joy and endless life. Christ carried us within him in love and travail until the full time of his passion. And when all was completed and he had carried us so for joy, still all this could not satisfy the power of his wonderful love. And all that we owe is redeemed and truly loving God. For the love of Christ works in us. Christ is the one whom we love. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Hebrews chapter 6, verses 13 through 20. When God made a promise to Abraham, because they had no one greater by whom to swear, 
they swore by themselves, saying, I will surely bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently endured, obtained the promise. Human beings, of course, swear by someone greater than themselves, and an oath given as confirmation puts an end to all dispute. In the same way, when God desired to show even more clearly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of their purpose, they guaranteed it by an oath, so that through two unchangeable things, in which it is impossible that God would prove false, we who have taken refuge might be strongly encouraged to seize the hope set before us. We have this hope, a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters the inner shrine behind the curtain, where Jesus, a forerunner on our behalf, has entered, having become a high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. I believe in God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, their only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God in heaven. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Hear our cry, O God, and listen to our prayer. Let us pray. Our God in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your queendom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the queendom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Show us your mercy, O God, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O God, in all the world for only in you can we live in safety. God, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O God, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. Save your people, God, and bless your inheritance. Govern and uphold them. I'm sorry, I read on into the second set of suffrages. Let us end with create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. Almighty God, whose Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, is the light of the world, grant that your people, illumined by your word and sacraments, may shine with the radiance of Christ's glory that you, God, may be known, worshipped, and obeyed to the ends of the earth, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who with you in the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, now and forever. Amen.
O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you as eternal life and to serve you as perfect freedom. Defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries. Through the might of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Now is a great time for personal prayers and for lifting up those names on our prayer lists, those people that God has placed upon our hearts. I pray for us all today that going forth into this new day upon which, where I am sitting at least, the sun has not yet risen, that you be our constant companion, God, that you grow up a hedge of protection around us, that the snares and the arrows and the fear and the woundedness of the enemy don't even reach us. Create for us a safe space in which to love and grow and work and do your will today, O oh God. May we, your children, your co-creators. Spread your love everywhere that we go today. Grant us your peace that surpasses all understanding and help us to remember who we are, your children, beloved and blessed. We put on, I put on, I put on for myself, and I also put on my son, the full armor of God, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the shoes of peace. Take up the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit, and we pray at all times in your might, Lord Jesus Christ. And we rest knowing that victory is already ours because you have won it and granted it to us. In your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's talk about the readings. So our psalm this morning is the do not fret psalm is the way I think of it in my head because it says that repeatedly. 
Don't fret about evil people. Trust in God. Don't fret. Trust in God. It just repeats this over and over and is a perfect reminder for us today. Don't fret. Trust in God. Verse 16, better is a little that the righteous person has than the abundance of many wicked. And we close with a reminder that God knows the days of the blameless. And let's remind ourselves here that we are all blameless. As humans, we are, we are never blameless. We share blame with each other, you know, for, for any moment of, of strife or woundedness but in God we are blameless and so this isn't you know it's tempting to read it as God knows the days of the perfect and their heritage will abide forever no God knows the way maybe holy God knows the ways of the holy and we are all holy because we are made holy in Christ it's not something we have to earn it's not something that we need to motivate ourselves into being it just is and i claim it now for us by the name of jesus christ that we are holy and blameless in christ and our heritage will abide forever we will break the cycles of abuse in our families in our workplaces in our communities in our countries on our planet and instead, our heritage, the heritage in which we share, the heritage of God, in which we are adopted and co-heirs with Christ, will abide forever. It is God's love that will, as trite as it may sound, triumph over all and last forever, outlasting anything of this earth. Our Hebrew scripture this morning. I've always struggled with this one. Like, why did God come and give him different languages? Like, the the short explanation here just doesn't quite make sense to me. Um, where it says, God said, look, they are one people and they have all one language and this is only the beginning of what they will do. Nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Maybe he meant that they were distracting themselves from their purpose by their unified desire for greatness because what they wanted to do, it says in verse 4, is make a name for ourselves. Well, and that's not what it's about, right? It's not making about our name. It's about God's name. It's God's glory. And so maybe all these united efforts for self-glorification were a distraction from finding and glorifying God. Maybe that's the point here. That's the best. That's the best explanation that I have. Um, my commentary also has an explanation. Let me read that to you. The humans are, are depicted as fearful of being scattered and thus aim to make a name for themselves through a tower reaching into heaven. The human's intention here to stay together contradicts the divine imperative to fill the earth, now found in priestly traditions. 
See also Genesis 1, 28 and 9, 1 and 7. God is described here as fearing the human power that might result from ethnic and linguistic unity. God's scattering of hum humanity and confusing of language is the final step in the creation of civilized humanity with its multiple territorial and linguistic groups completing the movement toward cultural maturity begun in chapter 3. Each step toward this end has been fraught with conflict and loss. The name Babel, interpreted here as confusion but originally meaning gate of God, serves as a final testimony to the results of this process. I would say I'd, I'd interpret this a little, just a little bit differently, you know, where the commentator says here, and remember this is an ecumenical study guide, which I think is valuable. God is described here as fearing the human power that might result. Yes, to an extent, but not because this power would be greater than God's power. Maybe it's not that I disagree. I think it needs further explanation. Um, but because their power, again, might become so great that they would become self-idolatrous, right, and not seeking God. And I think that actually that's a very real and loving concern that God has for us it, because with, with great power comes great temptation, right? Um, if you look around us at at those in places of authority, you can see that pretty quickly, um, that, you know, power and authority, honestly, I want to say power and authority derived from any source but God are very difficult. Um, not inherently evil in themselves, but uh, can really open the door to sin. And I think that when we forget that God is the highest authority, like maybe the folks of Babel were doing, and we start worshiping, one might even call the tower like a monument to their idolization of their own power and cohesiveness. Um, that's problematic, right? And so I think there is definitely something we can learn from this. And it's hard to see past kind of the way that it's, it's worded here. Um, but I think this might be one way to interpret it. I hope that's helpful for you all. It certainly is helpful for me to talk through it. I've said before, um, and I guess I'll say again now, that as someone who verbally processes, this time that we spend together over the podcast is intensely helpful for me because as I talk it through with and for you guys, I come to a greater understanding myself. So thank you very much. All right, let's talk about our New Testament reading from Hebrews. I've, I've always found it just, it tickles me a little bit that God has no one greater than God's self to swear to. So God swears by themselves, <laughs> which is, 
which, and I guess I should pause for a second here too and say I'm playing with pronouns again. I'm using the singular they, and it is a little awkward, but I'm reminded that when I use female pronouns, although I think that we need to really insert the femininity of God into a culture that has really cut that out and cast it away, um, you know, to get, get that balance back. Right. But I'm, I'm reminded by some folks that, that that can be, um, exclusionary toward others. And so I'm struggling. I'm just trying to get it, get it here. And I know I won't ever get to a place where everybody's happy, but just bear with me as I play around with pronouns. Um, and so I love that, that it's not, it's not that God was swearing for God's sake, but God themselves wanted to, as it says in verse 17, show even more clearly the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character of his purpose or of their purpose. So they guaranteed it by an oath. So basically like God wanted to, to give this promise to us humans in a way that we could understand its significance. So God spoke in a way that we could understand by a method that we could understand. And I think this is so important. It's so key to understanding so many other passages of the Bible that God transmits the message in a way that we can receive it in the time and context and circumstance where we are. God meets us right where we are and God speaks to us in a language that we can understand. I think we've got to hold on to that and we've got to really keep it in mind when we're reading the scripture and we're trying to understand the words and also allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us. I just think that's all so incredibly significant. And then let's, as it actually says in the verse, let's anchor ourselves to that promise. So first we talked about the form that the promise takes. And now let's anchor ourselves in the promise itself. Let's pray that through verse 19 and 20. We have this hope, a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters the inner shrine behind the curtain, where Jesus, a forerunner on our behalf. So interesting, right? Because we talked yesterday about John being the forerunner, the harbinger, whatever you want to say, of Jesus. And now we talk about Jesus being forerunner on our behalf, has entered having become a high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Amen. So this is the promise that we have a direct connection to God and that Jesus has cleared the way for us. We have a direct connection to God and Jesus has cleared the way for us. Amen.
Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. Glory to God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to them from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. We live without fear, for our Creator has made us holy, has always protected us, and loves us as a good mother loves her children. We go now in peace to follow the good road, and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen. <laughs>